Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is Pastor Joe Sutton. Glad to be back here with you again on this on this great, great weekend, starting out the month of March. Man, time is rolling fast. It's March already. And uh, I was just sitting back reflecting on February, and I was like telling my wife, I said, man, February is here. Now it's March. We're almost to the end of one quarter of the year. And March for us is is, is something special because I, I love March comes around because winter comes to an end, and and uh, I know this winter hasn't been uh, the typical winter for us here in Minnesota. Uh, I am not complaining, you know what I mean, because Centerpoint did not get big money out of me this year. So, <laughs> And as a, a small ministry, boy, that, that, that gas bill sometimes makes up half the offering, and it's like, it's like, oh, my goodness. So even though I know some people were hurt by this, by this winter and tourism and fishing, I'm uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little, I'm a little happy that I, I got a little bit of, little bit of breathing room when it came to paying bills and staying, staying current. Uh, I just want to just share a couple announcements with you that, uh, that are coming up today. Uh, let's just say this evening at seven o'clock. Uh, there's an event going on in North Minneapolis called Godflow. Uh, it's a hip hop event. Uh, open mic has some some artists that uh that will be performing, but then they have an open mic for young up and coming artists. Um and so it's uh like it's a hip hop event, Universal Pulse Ministries is is uh, helping sponsor the event. It's free. It's at the Capri Theater. Uh Capri Theater is located in North Minneapolis on Broadway and Oliver, uh just right off of Penn. So if you take ninety four to the Broadway exit and go west, or if you come off one hundred and go east, you know, you'll run into the Capri Theater. Uh, great event. Uh, you know, my, my son is, uh, he's going to be emceeing the event. You know, he no longer, uh, carries my name. He's juiced a comedian. So, you know, uh, <laughs> so he's just there, but it's a great event to bring young people out to and, and get that the word of God is going to be shared. Uh, and we support, you know, young people as they make their mark and, and, and try to make a mark in this culture. You know, I always tell people to remind them that race is not culture. Race is not culture. Within many races, there are different cultures. And the hip-hop culture is a culture all to itself, and it knows no bounds. Though it's primarily associated with the African-American culture, hip-hop goes way, way farther than that. You'll find hip-hop all around the world, and and it's a culture all to itself. And, you know, we support these young people as they try to reach their generation uh, with a word that's relevant to their generation. And so come on out, support it, get there. Uh, you know, we're, we'll, we'll be out there. Uh, I, I won't be there. Uh, I'll be driving back uh, from a, a meeting I have out of town, but you know uh, we'll be well represented. Uh, church will be out there, and then you can see my 
like I said, my son, my mini me out there emceeing. You know, another thing is is that as we roll up on this it's springtime, it's time for us to to get out there and uh, and prepare for summer. Uh, we run a pretty intensive summer program. Uh, we work with young people, uh, high school age young people, all year long, uh, preparing them to be leaders in the summertime. They become our teaching assistants. Some of them, if they're mature enough, they actually teach. Uh, and they, you know, they become our staff, our, our summer staff and our summer program, which is a, a eight-week-long program from 930 to 430 every day. We take kids from reading to 12, and, and uh, we help them boost up, you know, their reading and math scores, <clears throat> and we help them with their writing, teach them a new sport every week. And as they have a new sport every week, you know, they also get to go out and do other things. And, we, of course, we go and share the Word of God, all that we do. So it's a great program. If you go to our website, uh, www.3deepleadership.com, uh, you can find out more about the program. Uh, excellent urban program. If you uh, if you just have any interest in urban ministry, we've been doing this program uh, as it is now for 14 years. And uh, I've been doing urban ministry, I hate to tell my age, but for over 30 years. <laughs> and uh, we produce some great leaders, uh, some great opportunities. We, you know, we... Closely mixed in sports with what we do, uh, you know, we have a, a track team that'll be participating in some in some indoor state meets, and uh, you know, and it's just just been a great blessing to to work with kids on every level, and to see them come to be leaders, and now to see see them come back and work with us, and uh, and and get that going. You know, one of the hallmarks to our success is that all of our leaders, uh, from our executive director on down, were also former students in the program. And uh, and they come back and they and they work it and they share it. Kids get to actually see, you know, the the success of sticking with us for the long haul. And when kids start bringing their kids back to you, then you know you're doing a good job in working in the community. So that that's us, you know, in uh, the urban ministry. Okay, so if you have a heart for urban ministry, want to volunteer, uh, financially support, or we even have a, a career of the week that we share. And somebody comes in and shares about their career and the steps it takes to get to their career. Uh, you know, and the kids kids love that. Every Friday we we do that, and uh, and they get to learn about a career, what they need to do, the road they need to take, um, the benefits of it, you know, and, and different things. So it, it, we just want them to be well-informed. Scripture says this, without vision, people perish. And we want to give our young people a vision. We want them to let them see what they can achieve, what they can become, which is one of the reasons why we use high school and college students, because these kids get to see someone who grew up in their neighborhood that big brother of their friend or something like that who's who's gone the distance and has been rewarded, you know, by being successful in school and being successful and following Christ. So they get to see someone that they can identify with besides uh, my 58-year-old self. But <laughs> needless to say, now to move on, today what I wanted to talk to you about, I was been reading the book of Philippians and, and I was, uh, you know, just I had to give a testimony a couple weeks ago and they asked me to give a faith journey and I talk about my faith journey and what it is. And, and a lot of times in, in our in our culture, we associate good living with a right relationship with God. So that if a person is is has a nice home and nice job and, and all they need to be invited, then oh, they must be right with God. And uh, so in, in thinking about that in light of reading uh, the book of Job, you know, which is starting to become a, a, a favorite book of mine. Every time I read it, I find something else different in it. And pretty much uh, Joe's friends came to him and said, look, anybody, nobody who follows God 
has gone through something like you went through. You had to have some sin in your life for this to happen. And which is a, which is a reasonable expectation. God says, I will provide all of your needs according to my riches and glory. And God did have a hedge of protection around Job. But he lifted it as an example, you know, as more of an example, not as a punishment. But without knowing that, they just went by what they know. If somebody's life takes that much of a drastic turn, they must not be living right for God. And so I was talking to a pastor friend of mine, and he was just talking about how he witnessed to this one young lady all the time, and, and she had, a, you know, just a lot of troubles in her home. And, and he saw her again at the store, and she was like, oh, you know, I turned everything over to God. And ever since I turned everything over to God, I got a better job. I have less stress. I have this. And everything was associated with how well her life was going. So she gave it to God. But what happens when hard times do come in? What happens when something gets out of the norm and then God gets blamed, you know, for not protecting us and, and hedging us and not realizing that, you know, as the scripture says, the rain falls on the just and the unjust, meaning things happen. You know, things happen and, and things things go awry in life. And so as I was sharing my faith journey with these other, other uh, Christian leaders, uh, I, I share from the aspect of, the things that have been going wrong in my life. But not that I was um, angry or bitter or, or, or felt anything wrong. I share from the fact that it lets me know that, that God God still loves me and I'm, I'm still who God called me to be no matter what my outward circumstances may look like. And sometimes our outward circumstances dictate our inner reality. And, and, and our outward circumstances should not dictate our internal reality. Our internal reality should dictate our outward circumstances. I mean, because how we view things is usually based upon how we observe things or how we see. And not necessarily see with our natural eyes, but, but how we want to see through our spirit man and how we interpret things that are happening. Uh, if, if I ask God for something and I don't get it, you know, do I automatically interpret that as he doesn't like me or he doesn't exist? Or do I interpret it as, you know, I have to wait or I have to go back another another day? In Philippians uh, Paul said something in chapter one, verse 13, uh, that, that I, I looked at and it took me a while to really think about. It. He says, for everyone here, I mean, oh, all right, let me go to verse 12. And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. Everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. Now, it's like here, here is a man who's, who's in prison, right? And he's chained up. And, and he says that I want you to know that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. Even in, in, in he wasn't so caught up and how inconvenienced his flesh was because he was in chains. You know what I mean? He wasn't caught up in the fact that I can't go where I want to go, can't do what I want to do. Uh, you know, I can't take that preaching engagement in Macedonia or whatever it is like that. He just looked at it as the fact that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. I said, that that's just a perspective that, that it definitely wasn't based on his external reality because his external reality was he was in chains. He was limited. He was in prison, but his internal reality was that he's free and he's preaching the gospel. And he looked at the fact that when they put him in chains, you know, that now the whole palace guard knows, right? This cat is, you know, can you imagine being chained to Paul? 
You know what I mean? You, 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 it's your shift to be chained to Paul. You know what I mean? And, and this cat is just talking and philosophizing or, 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 or writing his letters and asking you what you think and people coming to visit him. And you got to listen to the conversation that he's having with these people that are coming to visit him. But, but it's because it's your job to stay chained to him. You're one on each side. And, you know, I remember when I, I was talking to a young man, we did a basketball camp. And every day I would give a spiritual message in the basketball camp. So these two guys from the U, they play for the University of Minnesota. I just want to mention their names, but they play for the University of Minnesota. And uh, every day they had to hear me give every camp, you know, give give these gospel messages. And on Friday we gave an altar call. By the third week I told them, I said, y'all don't really have to come in no more because y'all hearing the same message over and over again. Y'all, y'all can just stay outside with the basketball or do something like that. And, uh, and it gets to that point. But it was amazing how years later, one of them got, got into a little trouble, you know, came back. He said, man, when, when I was sitting there in, in, uh, in, in jail, he said, I, I can remember your messages, you know what I mean, that, that you were saying. You know, and they weren't chained to me, but technically they were working there, so they had to sit there and listen to these messages all the time. You know what I mean? But Paul says here, the whole palace guard knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of his imprisonment, right, most of the believers have gained confidence and speak God's message without fear. So they they saw how he was taking his imprisonment. He wasn't whining. You know what I mean? He wasn't lobbying for somebody to get him out of this situation. He just took advantage of the situation to make sure that God's word was spread. So then the believers that were free got a bold confidence to, 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 to preach the word. He goes on to say that it's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, meaning they, they preach Christ with, you know, without, without motive. They were hoping to get him in more and more trouble. But he said, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know I've been appointed to defend the gospel. Those who do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ, they preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely intending to make my change more painful to me. But that doesn't matter whether their motives are false or genuine. The message about Christ is being preached either way. So I rejoice and will continue to rejoice. He rejoiced over the fact that the message of Christ was being preached, even by those who wanted to preach it to cause him more pain. He said, but Christ is. Being... So his internal reality was, is that I exist to to get this message out. And, and, and just people seeing him being able to endure what he endured helped him get to that point. So back to me. I shared in my faith journey how the last eight years of my life have been uh have been been a riff with different things that that uh that others would call uh bad. My health. You know, uh my health is, is to me my health is excellent now, you know, in spite of the circumstances. You know, I do have dialysis and I do have to do that. Uh I am not anxious to get a, a transplant. You know what I mean? That's just not not in my mode. I can think I can wait. And I'm just waiting, and I'm just going to believe God and keep enduring what I endure and uh, and keep preaching the gospel and keep going on. You know, but the thing about it is, is that because things have not been a rosy garden for me, some people want to to, to question, like, you know, you know, what, aren't you mad at God, you know, or, or that he does you this way, and, and or, or are you believing, or what's your faith level for your healing? And, uh, and, and to me, I take all that in stride, and I understand what they mean, I understand the angle that they come from. But they got to understand what my call is. You know, what my call is, is, is that is that in this situation, I've had an opportunity to meet people and speak to people and speak to people a lot. 
and that, that I would never would have had an opportunity to speak to before. You know what I mean? And I realize that the reason why I'm going through this thing is so that the gospel can be spread. You know what I mean? I'm not suffering. I don't want you to think I am not suffering by a long shot. You know what I mean? I'm I'm enjoying life. And you know, and sometimes we have to have that internal perspective of is God for me or is he against me? And if he's for me, what I'm going through is for my benefit and it's for the benefit of someone and I have to trust him. You know, we're gonna come back at the break and we're just gonna talk about, you know, believing God in spite of the outward circumstances. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. TheFishTwinCities.com is home to the best in today's Christian music. The best melodies. The top artists. And the greatest message. Listen on TheFishTwinCities.com and with the free mobile app. The Fish Twin Cities. Safe for the whole family. Amen. God will. Gonna fix it. Going old school on us today. Amen. Well, I wanted to go and look at serving God in spite of your outward circumstances. And it's one thing to to be to serve and to to follow someone when everything is going right for you, when everything is going there. It's almost like starting a business. You know, those who get with you in the early stages who are willing to uh, let you float your bill a little longer or work with you without pay, you know what I mean, and they stick with you so you can develop this thing and bring it to pass. You know, they're always close to you. They're always, you know, in that business. You know, but I always go back to Joseph, and I look at Joseph, and it's an aspect of Joseph's life that I, I, I look at, and, and I don't have really a clear definition on it, so you just have to go along with me here. But when Joseph interpreted the dream for Pharaoh, and Pharaoh elevated Joseph to this high ranking, second only to himself. Why didn't Joseph go home? Why didn't Joseph send word to his father that he was alive? You know, why didn't he just take a trip while he's running all around Egypt and building silos and doing everything? Was he so busy with the projects and ministry that he just didn't think about home? It's hard to imagine him not thinking about home. You know what I mean? And and just based upon the kind of guy he was, the only thing I can assume is that 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 God didn't really give him a release to go home because the still the vision had to be fulfilled of his brothers and family coming down to bow down to him. And it's hard sometimes when you know what you're called to do, but yet it's some things that you want to do. And you have to avoid the things that you want to do because you gotta stick with what you're called to do. 
You know, there's many needs out in the community, many things that are out there. And, and yet, but we have to stick to what we're called to do. And sticking to what we're called to do sometimes means there's some sacrifices. So Joseph never, ever went back to tell him that he was alive. And he just waited till that moment, till it came there, so that the word of God spoken can be fulfilled. And sometimes while you're waiting for the word to be fulfilled in your life, you know what I mean? There's some things that happen externally that make you want to change your internal motive. You know what I mean? You know, my friend of mine always said this. He said, your present situation is not your final destination. So don't let it be that way. So when you're looking at, at, at what's going on outwardly in your life, it's so easy to make an adjustment. It's so easy to, I remember a time in my life where, you know, one baby here, another baby coming, I hadn't been paid in six months working at this ministry, and, and I was trying to make a decision. I was going to leave. I was just going to get a job and take care of my family and, and do things like that. And, and uh, you know, my wife wasn't feeling it. She wanted me to stick with the ministry, but I was like, you know, I, don't, I, don't, I have to take care of my family. And then I got another baby coming. And I remember sitting down with two men of God who just kind of talked me through it and said, don't let your external circumstances dictate your internal reality. God has you here. God wants you here, and God will provide for you here. It may not be the way you want it, you know what I mean, but don't let it happen. He said it's only a test. You know, he said it's only a test. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, and I'm so happy that I didn't, you know, walk away because I look at all the things that have happened since then and all the things that the miracles in life that happened there, you know what I mean? But not listening to external circumstances is, is not the easiest thing to do especially when you live in a country as prosperous as ours, where you can change direction anytime you want to. You know, you can just go to school again and get another major. You can just get another job or just do something like that, uh, start a business, because we live in a land of opportunity, and so opportunity is always there. But the thing we have to understand is is that what God places in us is enough to accomplish everything that he has for us, and and that's the level of faith that comes first believing that God has placed in us everything we need to fulfill what he's called us to. Yes, we may have to wait, and that's a hard thing to do. We may have to wait. Most of the time we're waiting until we mature or our faith matures to handle what God has already given us. And sometimes it's easier to get something from the outside to do what God has called you to do. You know what I mean? Because that means it equates for you to change. You know, I, you know I'm not, I don't love administration. I'm a creative person. I, you know, administrative people sometimes drive me up the wall. You know what I mean? But if I'm going to be a leader and if I'm going to lead others, then I need to work on my administrative skills. You know, to the tune now, people think I'm administrative. I'm not an administrator, but compared to them, I am. You know what I mean? But it's, it's, it's something that I had to grasp and put into my life that God had placed in me. I just didn't want to nurture it because I didn't like it. You know what I mean? And, and you know, it was there, but I didn't want to use it. You know, and, and so circumstances had to come that put me in a situation to where I, those things had to come out. So I, I was just saying this to you here is that that, yes, we live in a world. We have five senses. We touch this world. But you know what? Those five senses have to interpret it, you know, according to the call of God on our life you know, and, and not according to what the five senses say or what the world says that we have to do. You know, what I mean, if, as Paul said, when he looked at it. He said, because of what's happening to me, the gospel is being preached. You know what I mean? And what was happening to him was not good. But if you had read that, you would have thought the man had hit the lottery or something like that. He was speaking of a bad situation as if it was a God-ordained, given situation. And it was. 
You know what I mean? And it was. It, it did put him in a position where he had to write. It did put him in a position where he had to witness to certain people. And sometimes we're put in a situation because it's a God moment and God has somebody he wants us to touch. So instead of us complaining about why we're in this situation, why we don't have what we have, let's look around us and say, who is God trying to impact? Well, we know he's trying to impact us because the things that we go through are for our edification, and our development. But God is not just that that simple. He always has others who are going to be impacted by our action. And we need to look around us and say, what is there? You know, the opportunities I've had to share the gospel along this journey, you know, whereas others may look at my life and say, you know, I could have done better financially. You know, I, mean, I probably could have. I could have just went to a church that could pay me instead of being a church where I had to pay everybody. You know what I mean? But somewhere along the line, somebody has to pastor a small church. Somebody got to pastor the urban church. All of us can't be out there uh, work, walking around with mega churches. Some this is there. You know what I mean? You know, and so I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that opportunity. And I want you to be thankful and look at where God has you placed at, where you have to be salt and light, where you have to shine. You know what I mean? I go back to say this. Paul said, because of what has happened to me, the gospel is being preached. Can you say the same? Can I say the same? That's how we impact and change our world. All right. Y'all have a great week. See you guys next week. And uh, stay warm.